and welcome to this episode of Shadow and Bone, our summer watch. We are discussing episode episode five. I might not be. Oh, I'm at the wrong part of my notes. Hold on. There we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Tonight we will be discussing episode five, which is happily called "Show Me Who You Are." In which case, in this show, it actually makes sense because we get to see who some people are. Hooray. Anyways, we're going to be talking about that. Joining me again is Heather and Kat and Jennifer, and I'm Kalia, emceeing your exciting night of Shadow and Bone discussion. Remember, there's not going to be a whole lot of editing. This will be in your feeds, and you are welcome to listen to us live next week on Tuesday when we do episode six. Also, if you would like to email us, you can do that at pagesandpopcornpodcast at gmail.com and visit our website at kmmamedia.com, as well as finding us on Facebook and Twitter, Pages and Popcorn Podcast. Also, kmma underscore media is on Instagram. And so am I in all of those places. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Are you excited? Yes. Wow, that was perfect. Okay, I will line up all the tracks. Okay. Here we go. Um, the the recap tonight is a little bit different because our timelines actually all merge. So that's exciting. Here we go. Mal has made it out of the woods and into a village. He's injured, but he wants to take the news that he found the stag to the general. So he goes off to do that with one other random soldier guy. At the little palace, everyone is getting ready for the big party. The circus act gains entry. Kaz is dressed as a soldier. He has a plan, but he doesn't have his cane. He hangs out in the hallway, making a a more of a plan and he sees a fitting room with a special lock and he decides that will be the perfect place to grab alina also jasper is flirting with the stable boy and he and inej have a conversation about whether or not the sun summoner is real or just a party trick meanwhile alina is having some girl bonding time with marie and nadia while getting ready then jenya comes in to do her makeup and they bond over complaints about the queen and the king they discuss future plans jenya warns her about powerful men we also meet david a purple clad grisha who makes things jenya likes him he has brought alina new gloves to make her power better but you know what she doesn't need those gloves. Alina then sneaks out to the carnival with Jenya. Jasper overhears them talking, and now he knows what she looks like and that she is part shoe. Apparently this is a big deal. The crows make a plan. That fitting room has a special lock. Remember, it needs a MacGuffin. So Arkin has the MacGuffin. So Arkin will be the one to grab her, and the others will make it safe for them to get out. It's time for the party. Jasper is making time with a cute stable boy. Inej is stunning as the aerial dancer. Zoya is racist. The guests are talking about the Civil War. The plan is going well. Inej is now in a guard uniform. Jasper and the stable boy have a delightful roll in the hay. And then Jasper steals some horses. Arkin gets to the door and gets it open. By the way, Alina has thrown herself into being smitten with the general and has actually thrown herself at him, going in for a kiss earlier while they were getting ready. So there's that. At the party, she is a showstopper, mostly due to her new outfit at first, but then it's time for the mages to do some showmanship. There's some blue coats doing this fire thing, so apparently you can be an inferny wearing blue. I'm still confused about the costumes. Whatever, it's time for the main event. The Darkling introduces her. He makes it dark. She brings up the light. Alone, no amplifier. First one ball, then two, then like UV light. And then she looks at him and smiles. And then she makes it huge. And then the people all bow to her. And Inej crosses herself. And then the creepy priest comes to her in the hallway, calls her dangerous. He asks her. What topples kings and generals? Why, faith, of course. And he is actually creepy this time. Mal has arrived during the party. A female guard notices 
him and looks shifty. Mal is taking to the map room. He meets the general. The general recognizes Mal's name and he asks for proof that Mal has found the stag. Mal points to a <laughs> sketch, maybe a different sketch, whatever. He vows that what he saw was real, but he won't tell the general where it is until he sees Alina. The general is like, prove you know her. Mal is like, this is her favorite flower. It's a blue iris. Anyways, that sketchy female guard tells Bagra that the stag has been found. Bagra's like, oh shit, that moves up my timetable. Then she brings Mal to Bagra's hovel underground lair and she tries to kill him after killing his little guard friend. Uh, she does injure him, but Mal is like, I don't know, magic, super awesome. And he kills her and then takes off. Alina is in her stupid veil. She's taken to the fitting room. And then Arkin is like, this is for the general. And he fucking slices her throat open. And then Jenya comes in and he shoots her and he runs away. But oh, thank God, it's not Alina. It's just Marie wearing Alina's face. And she dies. So I guess Arkin is not a crow after all. And guess who knew all of this? Kaz. Kaz knew. He knew that there would be a double because he saw two dresses in the fitting room. And he doesn't trust Arkin from seeing him at that Civil War rally a few episodes ago. So he was setting him up. He explains all of this to Inej. And I was right to question Arkin's motives. Anyways, Kaz and Inej escort Alina away, but are stopped by the Darkling with blue iris flowers that he somehow pulled out of his ass. Anyways, um, <laughs> hey, these caught the suspicion of Inferi Inferni in blue. So Kaz says, okay, we better go to plan B. No, scratch that, plan F. Alina and the general are in the map room. They do some heavy making out and I cringe. She's up on the table. He's like, are you sure? And she says, yes. And um, it looks like they might get, you know, further than first base, but they are interrupted by someone at the door. The general is told of the attack on Marie and Jenya. He leaves Alina in the map room with one more big kiss, make that two. And then off he goes. And not two seconds later, Bagra shows up and calls her a stupid girl and drags her away. She tells her that she's trying to save her from the general, that he wants to expand the fold, not destroy it. He's the black heretic. He is eternal he's been using her also bagra is alexander the general's mother the volcra are the men and the women and the people who used to live in the area that the fold was before it became the fold bagra says that she alina isn't strong enough to fight him yet so she has to run bagra sneaks her out of the palace turn right at the fork in the tunnels but alina goes left Meanwhile, Kaz is being chased by an inferny guard. They're in a chapel of some sort. The guy makes fun of Kaz's limp, and Kaz fucks up his hands pretty bad. Is like, I only need one good leg. You need both your hands. But uh-oh, no. The guy can still throw a fireball with only one hand. And whoosh, out he comes. But then, whoosh, there's a knife. And he's dead. And it's a edge. And she's done the killing blow. And she's kind of traumatized. But Kaz is like, not time to dwell. Time to run. I think she leaves her knife behind. Couldn't tell. Anyways, the general returns to the map room. Alina's gone. Alina has made it to the stables. Bagra and the general square off. She brags that she has killed Mal. He threatens her. She basically says, yeah, well, Alina's gone now and you don't know where she is. So neener, neener, neener. It would take a great tracker to find her. And oh, look, there's Mal, the great tracker, hiding behind a tree and hearing everything. So, okay. Alina walks out of the stables and Jasper's like, hey, wait a minute. And then she stows away in his carriage and he's like, oh, okay. So then Kaz and Inez show up. Kaz is all bummed. Jasper is all smug. We know why. That's the end. No monologues. Fucking A. Yes. <laughs> okay. So last time I didn't have a whole lot to say about the episode. And if it weren't for this podcast, I would have stopped watching. And this episode brought me back. I love this episode so much. <laughs> I'm so I was there for all the gay kissing and all the straight kissing and all the all kissing and the smolders and the hot sexy boys and it was it was good. The bites were good. It was all good. Dude, I had such a grin when it ended and I had such a hard time turning it off. 
Yes. Yes. I too. I was like, oh my God. And I think part of it is because we are now pretty much, we have gotten to the point in the book where it has now diverged because in the book, obviously Alina doesn't stow away with the crows because the crows are not in the book. So now we're at a point where I don't know exactly what's about to happen. Where up until this point, I was like pretty sure I knew what was about to happen having read the book. So I'm super excited now to see. Well, what it's happens. also a lot less the Alina show and more the crows show. Yes. In this episode. And they're a legit, much better or interesting group. Yes. I was disappointed that P uh, pissy Grisha girl Zoya uh, never made any point or did anything. Oh, I feel That's like she's there for a reason. Like we, because she was sent. Zoya is who you're talking about, right? Oh yeah, no, because they made like two or three different points of like, hey, see this person walking. This is someone who's not supposed to be here right now. Like they made a point of showing her on the camera right down to she's Sully. Right. Well, it was she had been she had been reprimanded from the fight that she yeah. had, you know, instigated basically. And so she was so, sent yeah. away. So that was their way of showing yeah. that she had returned for the party. Right. So they were yeah, I was just hoping she, she would kick up a yeah, I, I have a feeling that something it's, else is going to happen. It seems like her. it's yeah, leading. For sure. Which by but, the way, so since I had seen the whole series and I'm rewatching. I have been very patiently waiting for this episode <laughs> because you kept referring to Alina and the general and you're like, ooh, it's going to be smoldering. And I'm like, no, the stable scene is way better. <laughs> so yes, better. say anything. So I'm like, ah. Oh. I so, admire yeah. your restraint. That was. It, it took a lot. I can see that. But you yes. know what? Okay, first of all, Jasper and the stable boy are both hot and that does yes. not hurt anything. And also that was enthusiastic consent with no weird power differential. So that's just a better scene all the way around. Well, and who doesn't like a little role play? I mean. <laughs> yes. His lines. Yes. His lines are just the best. I mean. I don't know, you know, they just had so much fun writing him. It, it's just really, it comes oh, The actor's having so much fun playing him too. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, you get to be this like conceited, but yet not. I mean, it's like he's playing a so character of a character. He's earned the pride he yes. wears as Creepy Dude tells Alina. Look, yeah. Jasper irritates me. Show Jasper is just full of awesome sauce. Why does book Jasper irritate you? Uh, book Jasper. Or is that not I mean, limits? And it could have been because I read Six of Crows a few years ago. And so maybe it's time for a reread. I just remember the more irresponsible sides of his personality coming up. You know, he does legitimately screw things over for the group a number of times and puts them in danger. Whereas show Jasper is just all about the fun and spreading his awesome sauce. Dude, yeah. yeah. there's probably uh -huh. a lot of awesome sauce. <laughs> Sorry. He was dangerously close to screwing it up for them this time. Yeah. Well, he comes off as much more like, fun. Yeah. 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 And he got there's the less I mean, maliciousness to it. And he got the horses. Like he did. He had the carriage just out there waiting. So malicious in the Everything books. about a ride was secure. It was just irresponsible. And that irresponsible, the irresponsibility leads to serious consequences okay so 
But yeah. luckily in the show, he's just awesome. So we all can love him and look forward to seeing more of him. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I liked that. I liked his part of the plan. I liked Kaz as the planner, of course. It's fun to watch that. I like the throwaway line of like, not plan B, but plan F, you know? And then that was, I thought that was pretty we skipped cute. skipped a few. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jumping ahead now. But you know what, you guys, when he was fighting the Inferni in the thing and he like went after the guy's hand, I was like, yes, because we just had this whole conversation. It. Right? I was like, you fuck up that hand. And then when he was like, you need both hands and he started to walk away and then the guy came and so he's like, no, I only need one. I thought, oh my God. Like However, it was exactly what we were talking about last week. And I was, yeah. he, he touched the candle to catch the flame and i don't know if you saw yeah. that um he there's the candles at the altar mm-hmm. and so the one hand that's like broken now can't conjure the flame anymore right so he had to grab the flame from the candle i mean that's still a hell of so a good you it, know it's power. a party trick sure yeah. Yeah. but in order to create fire he would need both yes so that, you're that is- right you could cut off a hand and you would, you know, I wonder be- if like one hand is your create and your other hand is your like shooter hand, or if it's just one hand does, you know what I mean? Well, and if he's wearing right- a glove on the one hand that got smashed, mm-hmm. but not the other. So yeah. I think he might be so right. Probably like one of the fabricators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like the one glove is the, this is the hand that always is going to make the fire. And that's right. why that's wearing the glove. And then the other hand is going to push the fire where it needs to go. And it seems so. like that might be what the case was. I really like that they gave Alina gloves. And then she was like, yeah, I don't need these. Although it, I will, I mean, referencing the book that the plot is taken off of, she had gloves in the book that had little mirrors on them so that she could like reflect the light and blind people, which I thought was kind of cool. And I was actually kind of looking forward to seeing her do combat with them she was actually trained with them though you know like that was part of her hand-to-hand physical combat training was training with these mirror gloves um i mean it's 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 probably easier from a special effects thing to just not mess with that you know but it is interesting because right now her summoning light is like literally just turning on a light it's not being used as offensive weaponry or even defensive it's just there but, and Look we're me, five episodes yeah and we're five episodes in so that that's interesting i'm wondering if there will be like a an actual component of using it as a light as a weapon as opposed to just pretty you know or fighting off darkness well yeah. and we also haven't seen any combat since that early episode mm-hmm. where she went to you know the class or whatever and they did the hand to hand we haven't seen her practicing training. that training yeah. Other than with Bagra with, you know, in the dark and underground, I can make little lights, yeah. you know, I mean, she lit her way down the hallway. That was pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah. She's like sure. lantern. Anybody else feel I don't better? need this. <laughs> but Hermione learned how to make her wand glow really early in the Harry Potter books is all I'm so saying. You're not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> but so can I pull, I'm going to pull it back to the beginning. Right. So <laughs> they start the episode and like, tell us the location. Right. So has anybody else noticed, like, they'll tell you the location, but I'm thinking, okay, that's nice. I know the name, but I don't know where that's actually at. We've never seen, like, I mean, there's maps so on we the table, did. but we don't well, get good when she was at the orphanage. Yeah, in episode one. So like, my you- thought is, I'm like, can't we, like, take notes from, like, Game of Thrones and, like, have a map at the intro 
Tolkien did it at the beginning of the books. Like, you know, we need like reference back to this map because well, I'm just I, having a hard time picturing. I get each side of the fold, but what? where else? I also like, think it's interesting that we're really only getting it with Mal's stuff because otherwise it's really, we're in the little palace or the, you know, whatever, but like, you know, or, or the crows when they were on the other side now, you know, obviously and West, know, right. That we, so we know that, but yeah, it's hard to kind of figure out like, well, how far, cause he was again with this timeline being all wonky. Yes. Now they're all kind of caught up, but like Mal could have technically found that thing like two weeks ago, you know, and we have no idea how long it actually took him to get back to that camp. Right. And then to, and then to get from that village where he was like, I found the stag to then the get palace. to the little palace. Right. Was it a day? It looked like it was like a day. So how freaking big can this kingdom be? If you can go from way up in this forest where the stag, snow. you know, magic snap and the snow down. I mean, whatevs it's, this is yeah. where we can't, we can't think too much about it because I know that but way I want lies madness. <laughs> I just want a map. That's all I want. We're not going to get a map. So, but we also did not get monologuing in this episode, and I was in that was so, so nice. happy. Small favors, yes. <laughs> so, did anybody else feel bad for Inesh? Yeah, yes. she was like doing her aerial thing, and nobody even cared. And then, no, that's she not means what I mean. oh, oh, for killing the guy. Well, okay, I think it starts off bad though. First of all, she's basically there as like eye candy distraction even though she's way more than just that. And then he gets her a uniform and then she's just there. Like she doesn't have a whole lot to do except to be the person that then Kaz explains things to. And I, I hate that. I, I hate that trope where so that the audience understands how smart a character is, that character is going to like explain something to another character who deserves better. That second character deserves better than to be the, oh my God, Kaz, you're so smart. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like something about that interaction that they had bothered me that he was like- So what you're saying is you would have rather that have been a monologue. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying that I would rather her have like put together some of those pieces too, or been like in on it, been like, oh, it looks like your plan's working, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like- right. You know, you were right. Which they kind of did. Which they kind of did. Because she, they do refer to the fact that, like, the all three of them knew what they were doing with him going in. And she was like, but how did you... She's like, what if you were wrong? Like, so they knew they were setting him up. They knew why they were setting up. But she was just like, yeah, I, I understand your logic, but you still could have been yeah, wrong. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like Kaz is... You still could have been fucking everything. <laughs> and been wrong like how do you know you're right and at least like the the one or two questions she asked me it it, it walked it back a little bit like i'm questioning not your intellect but your your uh not narcissism the morals of it but maybe or the it, the morals or the you believe so strongly in just yourself that you are going to the be hubris. right Thank you. That's the one I was looking for. Like she was, she was questioning both his hubris and, and morality in the decision. Yeah. While he was extrapolating and explaining to the audience and using her as that. As that that ballast. But then, yes, then we get into the church. And I really wanted to see what they were planning on doing. Cause when he told her to go stand off to the side when she was in uniform, he said, 
those are completely reflective. We'll use those to blind everybody. Yeah, you can't tell you can't tell where the light is coming from because of those things. Yeah, I don't know what he was planning on he doing. He was talking about I want to know because he didn't believe in her powers. He had questioned her powers the whole time. Oh. So he thought that she was doing a magic trick. And those so lights, said, Look, oh, lights okay. are reflective. She's going to use those to do a trick. I thought he was saying him no. and Inej. Yeah. That that, he's like, okay, well, but that's what we're that's using to blind everybody. In the hallway, does. Inej looks to Kaz to see if, you know, because, and he doesn't take his eyes off her, off Alina, mm-hmm. because he's like, I will figure out what her trick is. Right. Like, he's going to figure it out. But then there's nothing to figure out. And so, you know, yeah. it's. It was just him saying. I was really hoping it was a really cool trick type thing that they were going to no, do. He thought camp. she was going to not in the episode do so. a trick. Yeah, but it's really interesting. I, though, I, I'm with that because I I took that line as the same way that that was part of his thinking, his planning. You know, at that point, yeah. Plan. But I totally agree with Heather yeah, that what whatever. it actually was was him trying to find the man behind the curtain, so to speak. You know where the trick is, and especially because Inej wanted to believe. And then she did, you know, now Inej is a, a convert through and through. Yeah. So. Well, and I love the way that because they kind of set it up to where, you know, she was questioning his, you know, hubris, as we said. But then we go into the church scene and she didn't hesitate at all to throw that dagger. Mm-hmm. And I think no. that moment when she then jumps down and looks down at the dead body and goes, I killed him. Like, I don't think she even thought about it. It was just instinctual to throw it and to save, you know. This is the mark I need to hit to stop that action. This is the mark I need to hit. And I'm not even going to think about it. It's just going to happen. And so that moment that they shared where he's like, wait, you killed that person to save me. Like it. Like, it'll be okay. There is your religion does have a moral acquiescence for this situation. But yeah. it was a really, it was a, a good moment. It was like then, character building. Did I, cause I only watched it once um, earlier, a little bit earlier today, but he said like, pick up your whatever or grab your, your, your and yeah. she, but she knife. didn't, right? No. She, okay. She didn't, that bothered no, me so I much. Think that's that's, I think evidence. that's breadcrumbs though. I think that that's like to show that she's not thinking clearly. And I think that's going to come back. Someone's going to pick it up and like eventually know that it was her and stuff. Yeah, so, that's evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she has names for her knives. Mm-hmm. And so whatever he said, it was the name of that knife. Right. Yeah. Because they're like or- a part of her. She like names them, I think. That's not abnormal. Yeah. Huh? That's not oh, abnormal. Right, right. So yeah, it it was, I think, a way of showing, you know, she left a part of her behind mm-hmm. because she killed someone. Like I felt it was just kind of that symbolism of she went to go back but then she didn't because there was people coming down the hallway right but i think it was like you know showing that by killing she lost a part of herself and in a holy place because they were in a chapel like that's intentional too they weren't just like in a stables or you know in a hallway it was like in that kind of a place so that's going to add add to it yeah no i i think I, i really like what they're doing with her character her character gets deeper every episode and it's it's fascinating yes Mal doesn't get deeper at all, but I, okay. So here's the thing. Last week, Kaz was, Kat, not Kaz, Kaz is not on this call, but Kat (laughs) is. 
Kat said, what if Mal is a Grisha? And so I'm watching this episode because I really hope that's true. I, I, I want that to be true so bad, Kat. Anyways, and so he's in there and he's fighting the guard person, the, ga- the girl guard who has been part of Bagra's little, you know. Her spy network. Right. Okay. And that girl guard started to use Grisha power, right? Like she was bending the yeah. thing. She bent so the metal. I was like, but she's not wearing like the red or the blue. Like she's a guard. So then I'm thinking, is Bagra training like a regular non Grisha person or are there Grisha people who are just not wearing the special colors because they're guards? Like, are there secret Grisha people in the guards? Are there guards who are secretly being trained? Dude. Okay. That's a whole bunch of questions. And then when he was able to fight her off and he's been injured and then he got stabbed and now he's still going. And I, I don't, I, I hope that there's a rational explanation that he is special in some way and not just incredibly lucky because that's, because and then standing by the tree was just incredibly lucky and i i don't it's it was too coincidental so what did you guys think about that fight that underground fight between mal and the the girl guard um okay so i don't know how they're playing this uh but there is like a there is another nation that's very pro grisha and they do have spies that they've what do you mean pro grisha you so uh, the, the woman who's in the boat, are... which one's the girl in the boat with her hands chained up? Nina? Yeah. Isn't Nina the pretty one who makes all like the face components no. things? The That's wig. Jenya, is the red-haired tailor. Okay, so I'm thinking Nina. Yeah, so Nina. Uh, and again, they have changed things. So I don't feel that bad about talking a little bit about the books because they're not going by the book. The whole six of crow things it's like there's the team but they're it's not the same as the book uh she is part of a nation of grisha and they're fighting against that other nation that's super anti-grisha and so they have some spies kind of in and around but the world have we seen any of that in the show okay no but that's where my mind went but again i don't mind saying this because we're off the book so there is the, as far as I can tell, the palace has its own imperial guards mm-hmm. to keep the Grisha right. there. If you'll notice, the uniform she was wearing is not the same as any of the rest of the guards. So you could, in theory, be not good enough for the public army, or you could be uh, of a separate training to be part of the interior army because you're not going to entirely trust the imperial so army. So you think. And the Imperial Army is going to want its own Grisha. Well, okay, so that's a question. Does of- the Imperial Army, because it seems like there's ar- for the first army and the second army. The first army is non-Grisha, loyal to the king. That's where Mal is a member of. And then there's the second army, who's led by the general, our Darkling, and that's all Grisha people. And then you have the palace, and you've got guards in the palace. And I always assumed that those guards were non-Grisha people. They are non-Grisha. Yes. But that guard. But you wouldn't. But even if you were a Grisha living there, you wouldn't want your sole defense to be Imperial guards. Hmm. You would understand to a degree you're captive to them, and that they're there to keep you there in service to the crown. But you would still want there to be people of your level mixed in, Jen. 
So this is where I, I feel I have really mixed feelings about the show because I want to trust that they're putting in these little sprinkles of really interesting world building, but there's a lot of stuff you have to hand wave away. Yeah. And so that's what makes these kind of discussions really difficult is, okay, is this something that we just kind of take for granted? Is this really cool world building? What are yeah. they doing? And or are they just hand wave? Because I'm looking at it as like, Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, like they're calling it first and second army. I'm not looking at them as army from this and army from that. I'm looking at them as like Marines and Army and Navy and Air Force. And they quite often have to interact with each other and support each other yeah. and be on each other's. I don't, I don't uh, buy that actually board. for this world because because we've gotten a lot of like the first army, the non-Grisha army is like, we don't like those Grisha and we don't like the shoe and we don't like blah, 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 blah. And we don't want to work with them. And we don't trust, like a Grisha was, one Grisha was worth 50 of us. And then one Grisha was worth 25 of us. And now one Grisha is worth 12 of us. And like, there's this bitterness between the two of them. So it doesn't. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, that's why in my head, it's like our military forces. Because if you've ever been in a mixed military bar, that is what you hear. You hear a lot of the nationalism and you hear Air Force doesn't trust Army and Navy doesn't trust Marines and Marines. You get that a lot. Yeah, I feel like this show is just, trying to they make have a different style of more than that, though. They're trying to be like, these are Grisha and they're born oh, differently yeah, yeah. and therefore they are bad or different. And yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That that I that I agree with. But I'm saying it, in my head it that this is like. The pre-established structure that it's it's falling into and kind of sub-explaining in the world building like that's how my brain is mapping it out they've been building that that animosity for being different from the beginning and we had that conversation in, in the first way. the first you know discussion we had was that you know her being shoe and it comes up again when they're at the little fair you know when she sneaks out after you know apparently being assertive with the guards yes <laughs> <laughs> she's like i've never seen anyone be that assertive and i was like honey you need to get out more right uh, but you know when jasper you know sees her and goes oh well that's different mm -hmm. and then you know reports back to the group that you know oh she's a shoe and it's like again she doesn't look that How? different from everyone else but okay you know the secret to figure it out <laughs> but again like why does it matter? Like it shouldn't. Well, and, then, and then Zoya tries so hard. Zoya uses a different word for her. She doesn't... for for Inej. Yes. So Inej. So Suli. Right. So we have we have another thing, and Zoya says it in this very. Yeah, Suli and Shu are not the same thing. Right. Right. But, but what but, is it? Yeah. What is it? And it's also bad because of the way, or not bad. Like I don't think it's bad, but Zoya obviously thinks. No, no, no. It. She says it like exactly. it's bad. She, derogatory the same way you hear some white people say anybody not white right. so is bad it's the same tone so she we are we with. have we have the non-grisha who looks down on the grisha and then we have and and the non-grisha who looks down on the shoe and then we know that the grisha looks down on the suli and maybe also the shoe or at least that and one. yeah so it's like okay it's you know okay <laughs> why can't we all just be jasper and love everyone <laughs> right Seriously, like, come on. 
you wouldn't have any of these great plots That's and right. heists. Well, but I don't know. I feel like this one like just wasn't as necessary. There were other things I think they could have highlighted. Like the really bad intimacy scene in the map room. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. We have to talk about that. So yes. Great. Yes. Okay. So the fact that they like have her make the first move, like even though it takes away the cringe of it a little bit, I think it also is again, him manipulating her to think that she's in control. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, cause Kaylee is alluded to that in the book there's more than first base action yes that occurs and i'm very glad in the show they did not do that because it so quickly went from hey hot and heavy making out to wait he was using you yeah it was okay yeah there there's a lot of whiplash and it felt like oh well i don't need a man when she's getting over mal just to turn her attention to yes it was like she went a complete 180 and again like if we had something to show us that in her timeline this you know a month had gone by post I don't want my scar anymore I'm getting over Mal and then like maybe a building up of feelings for him it's still bad and cringy and but but it's a little bit better this was like freaking on Monday I had a boyfriend named Mal on Tuesday I'm mad at Mal on Wednesday oh the general's so dreamy like no (laughs) and to me it never to me, the episodes never showed her getting over mm-hmm. Mao. It was more that Mao was being supplanted. She was ju- mm-hmm. just transferring the, like, I can't cope with this and, and I need to have something. So my guy's gone. Who 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 is going to be my home? Who's going to be my family? Who's going to be the one I pine for? My North for? Star. My North Star is now call me Alexander. <laughs> there's also, there's also like head. an aspect of it too, because right before she kisses him, she looks at her hand mm-hmm. and like kind of like touches yeah. it. Yeah. And it's kind of a like, well, if I can't have You're now, treating one addiction for another addiction. Exactly. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. It well, wasn't, yeah. Because she yeah. defined, she defines no, her. It was no, I don't right. need to No, none of that. Because she defines herself by who she's with and, and how she relates to them right? She was Mal's friend and she protected Mal and it's her and Mal against the world and blah, 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 blah. And then now that's gone. So she can't be her own person. She has to still define. So first she's non-Grisha. I hide my powers to fall in love with Mal. And then, oh, I'm Grisha. I now have my powers to enjoy this other guy with yes. powers. It's like the runaway bride. <laughs> kind of. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> She hasn't reached the I don't like age. Yeah, we'll see if she gets there. Um, I don't know. Finding out that he was, you know, the one that created the fold kind of might help with that. Okay, but see, she doesn't a hundred percent trust Bagra either because she didn't go to the right. No, I love that. She went to the left. So, well, yeah, but I mean, if you were told like, "Hey, they're going to come after you. Go hide here," I don't. I don't think I'd listen either. Like, I wouldn't want to be underground, trapped down some tunnel. Well, what trust does she have in Bagra? I mean, this is just a woman who threw books at her and <laughs> exactly. hit her. And exactly. it's now spinning this story. So, And is now telling her she's several centuries old and the mother of, and has intentionally kept her son's story in yeah. secret. Yeah. It reminds me of those Keanu Reeves memes where you see Keanu Reeves in this Civil War portrait because he just has one of those faces that 
yeah looks like a billion other people in history <laughs> I, I love that her whole reasoning was see here's an old painting i'm like uh reface has a for that. <laughs> jenna jenna can give anybody your face but this painting that somebody drew yeah, but this painting speaking of poor marie oh my god hey let's Dress up like Alina and, you know, to die while wearing that lampshade veil is just insult to injury. (laughs) Well, and why couldn't Jinya fix her throat? Like, if you can do that big of a manipulation. Okay, no, see, that's a glamour. But Jinya could, Jinya did fix some of her cuts and there are healers. So, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like that, that, that shouldn't have been a death blow but then jen especially like the CGI when she turned, that, that was that. not a big slash she didn't have a big pull that wasn't a deep cut that was it's going to take you a solid two three minutes with that shallow Although, of a cut jen, you totally they might have that. just downplayed the blood because of the netflix or the way yeah and jenya did get shot so i mean it was she's probably not operating on full did you notice that the bullet didn't it penetrate? was weird it like yes did it was that because it turned into like a this well okay almost. so in the book that this plot is based on they talk about their kerfkas or keftkas or whatever they're out are bulletproof yes so yeah. and we've seen a little bit of that because we saw them fight in them before in the and, and that's why it was the neck not he didn't like stab her in the chest and stuff so that was kind of cool that she was you know bulletproof outfits you should like her fight proof. scene it was a good was, fight scene. It was yes. good. Jenya was awesome. She she's awesome. And I look how surprised he looked when she was. It was like, no, wait, you're the beautician. You're not <laughs> supposed to be able to right? fight. Yeah, but yeah, poor Marie. That was that was, and I was like, at the one hand, me, Kalia, podcaster person, was like, I knew Arkin was had flawed <laughs> motives like i was like why is he here what's a different money mm, i don't know like he's gonna lose his whole his train thing okay but the, like the other part like the viewer of me was like oh arkin no man you could have been part of the gang <laughs> how dare you we have goats and right? they're cute and nothing about him goat said goat good guy goat. though the, the only thing nope. that that alluded to possibly he's just a good guy is he's like i'm not part of the slave trade okay you cannot be part of a slave trade and still be i mean really the rest of the crows aren't good guys either like i mean so no they're quirky and he's yeah. quirky and so they could have matched on hey we're a quirky group of right quirks. exactly i think but that- as kaz points out who were the two people that were benefiting financially Mm -hmm. from the fold yeah well the conductor and the guy selling all of his goods to the other side yep like they were the two that were profiting and so why would he want the fold taken down exactly yeah no it makes it wouldn't benefit him and and kaz was you know had the forethought to to see that so yep that's good i did like that they had the two important people that you never find out why they're important talking about the uh the general starting the yeah the party oh, the two elite the party, goers. The party goers just exposition yeah, like, dump <laughs> i get your important people can i know why or how you're important people like can we have more of the fact that this party is only important people and like their side conversations because that would have been a better builder of like the world and mm-hmm. the subplots and the intrigue and the whole civil cattiness. war plot though has been dropped in bits and pieces it it, it has yeah. it has yeah. but and so that felt like another bits or piece it did except that it was the 
only conversation that we hear at that party. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. There should have been a lot we more, of and that. we should have gotten some like just random court gossip and something over here to like so that it wouldn't be like spotlight on the important conversation about the Civil oh, War. Yeah, exactly. Curious. Like it, it didn't feel like a sprinkle so, as much as a sledgehammer. You know, <laughs> this is going to sound really trite, and I apologize. I've been in palaces. I've been in formal events like that when my ex-husband was stationed in the D.C. area. Those hallways were effing small. <laughs> like, you should be able to fit, like, six people across. Well, it's the little palace. It's the little palace. Rooms yeah. Yeah. Not the big, big palace. It's the little palace. It has an inferiority okay. complex. You know, it's, it's very quaint. And it should. It really should. Because for a palace with a formal engagement, it, <laughs> there are so many little things in it that I'm like, God, no. <laughs> from a server's perspective. You're correct person- that palace low self-esteem. It's already little. <laughs> Everybody calls it little. <laughs> the queen shits on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I liked the uh, the entertainment of the fireballs, right? Oh, you know, we're, we're going to like perform for you. Look at our fireballs and then the light. And I thought those poor squallers, those poor wind people, they don't get to show off. They should have gotten to like, like blow paper or, 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 you know, glitter or yeah, that would have been cool. Or like, like, I would have been cool as fuck that I have this badass power and I'm basically, you know, just a monkey to these people i'm the entertainment i'm like this is legit awesome sauce and what am i doing i'm i'm entertaining the queen see, and king. that's the point Ooh. i think that they see them as like yeah. trained monkeys you know and stuff so yeah and then that that i want to see the resentment from the grisha of just going that's what i expected when this. they when they were looking at each other I, I kept looking for resentment or animosity and there was just nothing there, but we're having fun. And like, that is not what you would be feeling in that moment, Although no matter what. Like They've referenced historically that the lives for the Grisha have not been good. Mm-hmm. So comparatively what they're living now, you know, is yeah. better. Putting on a small so, fireworks show is a small price to pay for not being hunted down and killed. Right? Exactly. But you're still hunted down and caged. Yes, true, true, true. But they also but how have... much of it though do we think? I mean, because do you think they really are being held captive? Yeah, they don't have a choice. They're tested, and if they test positive, they're taken. Right, yeah. but then yeah. once they get there, the only ones who can leave are the one who have the general and the king's mm-hmm. permission. Well, yeah, because so remember at one point. Uh, during um when they were retesting um alina and then the episode before that they dropped hints of if you present as grisha and you're not your head goes on a spike if you fail during the process your head goes on a spike if you leave your head goes on a spike i must admit. so yes they're literally hunted and caged and if they get free well there's another nation hunting them mm-hmm. and killing them so they're not really living that much of a better life. And the only ones who get to go out and be part of the army are the ones who are obviously already uh, Stockholm. Right, which is, which is why- Or around people who- can Which is why down. we have Nina 
I see your hand just one second, which is why we have Nina, because he was like, Nina doesn't like the way that the system is. That's what he said. And at the time we were like, well, the system, I guess uh, now we're like, okay, now we understand why Nina would be like, this system is fucked up and we need to change the system. And like, she can get in and out of the palace. Um, and again, we don't know who, which side she's actually working for, but the fact that her reputation even is that she is working against the jailers of the Grisha, if you want to call it, is, is an interesting thing. Okay, Jennifer, you had your... your... So I, would, I just wanted to show that there's a contrast. Um, if you're you know, military and you're putting on a ceremonial performance, you know, there's honor within that, but then that's a choice that people make and it has a different atmosphere. This felt very much circle circus performer. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. and, we and that is, that's why I want to make that there's this distinction between you know, something like a, a grand march versus something like this, where you have these two people playing with fireballs because it could very easily be, well, you know, well, what about this Right, case? well, we, we literally so did have a circus performer right outside and then a little carnival outside even more. So there was definitely multiple. Love and it. there was just as much attention put into the fireballs and the people performing it as there was the circus mm -hmm. performer. Like they did not stop and watch them. They I would have loved to see a noted. little bit of, you know, some people going, hey, we have it good. I came from, you know, this crappy little village, nothing. This is much better than I would have ever had. And then somebody else going, no, we're still prisoners. And having just a quick, like three line dialogue. Would have added that would be interesting world. we'll see if we get there but we did finally ah. get more purple coated people um we got the, the david i think his name right he, the guy that uh that jenya likes who was doing flirty glances during the party yes that was some actual smoldering looks oh, yeah. those were some actual longing looks i'm going to feed you some pink whatever yes yes. Yeah. yes i'm here which was nice to see her in a little more of a human interaction she's been so like cut and dry aloof prior to this episode mm -hmm. it was nice to see that you know when alina was like yeah you actually complimented somebody and she's like what no yeah a little she's bit like, of, yeah, yeah you like him a little playfulness and of course you know we get the last episode we had the bonding of the guys and then and okay and only only Mal shows up at that town. So I'm pretty sure that both of no, them are so actual they, dead. They and then in this one, we have Alina. We start off with Alina laughing and bonding with the two gals. And we know one of them is, is dead. Marie is, is gone. So here's the lesson is don't laugh with a main character because you will die in that very episode. So that's, you mean like wearing the red shirt is a bad thing? <laughs> I was just gonna say that's that's usually the the, the stand-in is if you are too close to the main character, you will right. die. Let's see here. Nobody asked what she was this time. I noticed that. Well, she kind of like proved it, right? Yeah. Like this is me. Deal with it. Well, and now they're assigning her a title. Yeah. She doesn't get to choose whether or not she stepped into the mm -hmm. role. She doesn't get to choose who she's presenting herself as. They have all decided she's Santa Elena. Elena. Yes. I, so like part of this at the beginning, I really wanted to brush up on my Russian, which I don't really speak Russian. I don't have a ton of background or interaction with it besides being temporarily married to Ukrainian family, where at one point I knew a couple of prayers and a couple of cuss words. But there are so many little things I'm like, oh, that feels familiar. And I want to brush up on my Russian culture to get a feel for it. 
but when it comes to the saints and the prayers and and, and those things those feel way more Spanish to me than Russian. Well, I, I think, I mean, what I read online was that this is like a Russian-inspired fantasy world. So it's not, oh, yeah, I mean, obvious. it's not Russian. It's just inspired by it, which is kind of cool because we don't often see that in... But they don't, the Russians don't, the Orthodox do not treat their saints the same way and they don't give them the same type of titles. Like that to me feels like somebody who's more associated or... Uh, vaguely familiar with spanish saints or mexican saints trying to stick those feelings not realizing they're doing it into a russian culture because the russians definitely have i'm just fascinated by the concept of a world where there's legitimate magic that we all see because some people have it but we also still have a deities and saints Because wouldn't and a faith based system, yeah, and a and a creepy priest. Like I just that is. So it feels like the people who actually do it think of it as science, but they totally allow the people around them to think of it as a religion and magic. Yeah, when he like they don't think of what they're doing as magic, but they want you to think of what they're doing as magic. Right, and I and the fact that the the priest is like they're making you know altars to you and faith is a dangerous thing and like you know all of this stuff and it's it's like that's laying in some interesting groundwork that could potentially and i liked the general looking back at the king and queen repeatedly like do you feel upstaged are we still good are you still just enjoying her as like a little side entertainment piece okay we're still in safe ground here yeah so and i guess he's a bad guy so fine (laughs) <laughs> you sound disappointed uh why are you well, disappointed that was draco and leather pants for okay Kalia in the book in the, the book oh. the plot of this in the book because it was written differently he is much more ambiguous about being a bad guy until later and so it is like maybe he's not actually a bad guy because there is very much a YA trope of like, I thought you were the bad guy. But then when you go back and you look at what everything they've done, you're like, no, I was just misunderstood. I was judgy or blah, 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 whatever. Okay. It's like a thing. So there was part of me that was really hoping that he wasn't an actual bad guy up until like when he became really obviously a, like a very, very, very bad guy. In, the, in this show though, it's not really ever been a question. He's been manipulative and and creepy and bad and stuff cringe i like when his mom says that's not faith that's greed and i feel like there are so many mega church preachers that i want them to watch that episode and be like no no that's not faith that's not love of peoples and their humanity that's i really liked when bagra said he's eternal do you think he doesn't know how to manipulate a naive stupid little girl (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome yeah <laughs> madam hooch and again it. let's go back to this why is he making his mom live in a hole in the ground at the edge of the grounds like or did she choose i think he's probably the only one who can kill her or cripple her he's probably the only one who's stronger than and she her. might be stronger than him like there might be some kind of faustian bargain that's been struck or like who knows what you know um I because she's obviously has the same power that he does in making things dark, but I don't know if she's also an amplifier or not. Like that would be interesting to find out because that's something. 
Because if she was an amplifier and beating the crap out of people this whole time, she's got her own issues. That's the point, right? You don't, you should be able to do it on your own without being amplified. She doesn't want, you know, people to be able to. Well, it's the contrast also that he seeks public attention and she seeks the opposite. She's content with her hole in the ground. Anyways, I am looking forward to see Terminator Mal um, continue to just apparently not ever be injured properly, except that one time when his hand was so injured he couldn't be tested, which whatever. Um, but now you get to see him be a tracker. Oh. We get to see what that entails now, right? Other than, I mean, they like stumbled upon the stag in the woods. Oh, no, he I was mean, following the poop. So, poop. you know, we well, got poop yeah. skills. It's <laughs> mythical poop. <laughs> You did get the, at least the feel for he had been shot, but it had been like a side through and through type yeah. thing because of the way he was like, okay, Punched. it's right here, but it's something I could have survived. It's why I went down and didn't get shot again. But, but he, then that's when they were fighting in there, auto fire, he got stabbed, he got stabbed like in the leg, right? Like, was it the leg, the thigh? It looked. I, I thought it was like his side again. Like, was it the same? We yeah, can all agree was- that this show is very, very bad at trying to convey time <laughs> change. Yeah. Yes. So um, int- I am fascinated to see what happens when I open up the back of that carriage and Alina's just like, hi. I just picture like a... Okay, this is my annoyance with Jasper. He's like, well, ask. Ask me. Ask me. Come on. Ask me. Ask me. And then he finally asks him. He's like, oh, let's go. Well, of course. Because he's... asshole. Just answer the goddamn question after you needle him to ask the question. I love it. You can tell he's enjoying toying with Kaz. Yes. You can tell he's just... Yeah. He's just going to ride that out of as long as he can. But it's funny that you say that, Kelly, because I just picture like a birthday cake and her just like jumping out. Right, exactly. Throwing confetti. I I love the fact because with the candles and the lights. Because here's the thing. Kaz is smarter than everybody all the time, right? And like, this is Jasper's time to be like, you think you're so smart? I know something you don't know. And he's going to like enjoy that moment as long as... as, as, Yeah, definitely. Well, and especially because it's not like she's going anywhere. Exactly. She's not going to get away. (laughs) Hee hee. I wonder, so Inez is, Inez is really pretty loyal to Kaz and very loyal to Jasper. But But now. Inez is also besotted. 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 Yeah, that one. With Mm -hmm. Alina now. She is down that rabbit hole. She fully believes and it's not even just she fully believes. Like that look on her face was more than adoration. Yeah. So what could come between her and Jasper and Freedom? That yeah. Right there. So that it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I'm also interested to see how they're going to get back across the fold now that they don't have the conductor. Are they going to try to run the train themselves? Or are they going to try a different way? Or what are they going to do? So that'll be. Well, they have Little Miss Lightbringer. That- or are they going to just allow her to make her own choice? Right. I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the people who have watched the show. Heather's her. being very quiet over there, and I appreciate that. I'm so that. good. I'm so proud you of me. You are. I'm proud of you, too. I try. We owe you a dream. <laughs> did an excellent job. Okay. So next week, hold on. I'm going to pull it up here. Let's see what the bad title is for next week. Are you ready? Are you set? Next week's episode is called Scroll, Scroll Five. Something about an arrow. The heart is an arrow. I'm oh, not God. I'm not looking any further than that. Pointing heart. it to the North Pole. <laughs> Wait, no. 
Can I puke yet? You're my North Star. Can I, can I puke heart. now or should I reserve that? We can have later? a group puke next week when I try, need to sync up all the time. It's bad teenage poetry time. <laughs> the heart. My heart. It's curved. Oh, God. <laughs> It's curved on the top like my butt, and then it points at you. I don't know. I'm not a bad teenage poet anymore. Wow, <laughs> gotta go. Wow, that that was that was beautiful, Kalia. Thank you. Well, we're glad you took this moment to share with us. We're gonna so, go away. To I think this. I think we need to for the next few episodes because for each episode we seem to have one line or idea that we've you know we've had the lampshade we've had milo you know each episode we like have a thing the monologue, the that, monologue that never ended we should um have fuck you magical thing return yes so i think this fuck episode needs thing. to be forever remembered for the romp in the hay that will be what it's remembered by for me because yes roll in the yes. hay yep yeah yep Oh, more stable boy, with stable boy and end with stable boy yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I have time on my calendar <laughs> there's a lot of coming and going jokes going through my head right now that i just i am a lady though and we'll that that leads to another series of jokes just fyi um so yes um hmm barn barnyard fun okay this is awesome you guys are great and uh cannot wait to hear more about hearts and arrows hearts and arrows so not hearts and arrows parts yep. and arrows parts well, and arrows Who's as we've said before in the podcast yeah. anything looks like a penis if you look at it hard enough <laughs> it'll look like a penis too <laughs> well no okay on that note <laughs> good night <laughs>